Bible says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom... I am well pleased. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I appreciate the good spirit of God that's moving in our service this evening. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's come this way. Bless this text tonight. Lord, bless this message. Use it for thy glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I was going to preach from this text this past Sunday morning, and the Lord had different plans, and that's perfectly fine with me. But as I was in my motel room yesterday praying about the service tonight, I just felt like uh, we need to come back here and deal with this this evening within the verse verses that we have read, we account that this is the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this baptism this evening is called John's baptism, and it was a result of the confession of the people's sin and their repentance. And I said this the other week, baptism has never been for regeneration, but it's always been for identification. Here's what I mean by that. You do not get baptized to go to heaven. You get born again, you get saved, and then you follow the Lord in believer's baptism. I've given this illustration so many times, but uh, baptism is like wearing a wedding ring. If I was to take my wedding ring off tonight, I'm still married. I still, I still am married to my wife, but my wedding ring identifies to everybody that I belong to somebody. That's what baptism is. It does not save you. The thief on the cross didn't get baptized, and He's in heaven tonight. Those Old Testament saints, none of them got baptized, but because they trusted in the Lord, they are in heaven tonight. So we want to make sure we clarify that baptism is not for salvation. Somebody said, well, I know I'm going to heaven because I was uh, sprinkled as a baby or because I've been baptized. No, that's not how you get saved tonight, friend. You get saved by placing your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen? If what Water baptism got somebody to heaven, other than we just run around with a dunking booth and just dunk people and they get to heaven. Now, that sounds like that would be fun. But they ain't going to get nobody to heaven. Amen. You, got, you must be saved. Jesus looked at Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and said, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. And I'm thankful for that tonight. But I'll be honest with you, when I was reading this text, I've often wondered, I mean, we know the Lord uh, did not need to be saved. We know the Lord had no sin. We'll emphasize that more in a moment. And so why did Jesus get baptized? What was the purpose behind this? That's what I want to preach on tonight. Why did Jesus get baptized? What is, what is the point of that? What is the reason for that? As I have prayed over these verses and tried to be a good student of these passages, I believe we can identify three reasons why Jesus submitted himself to this baptism. Let me 
give them to you quickly tonight, and I'm, then I'm headed to the Cracker Barrel and then headed to Bowling Springs, all right? Three reasons. Why did Jesus get baptized? First of all, I believe the first reason was to inspire his servant. To inspire his servant. What do you mean, preacher? Well, John the Baptist is his servant. John chapter 1, verse 6 said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Who gets sent? A servant gets sent. And so John has been sent uh, to be a forerunner and to be a messenger uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's be honest with us tonight. We know from reading about John's ministry, John was not well liked. John was not well received. We'll look at it later in the gospel, uh, but John's going to preach against adultery and he's going to get his head cut off for it. Literally, they, they, they assassinated John. They, they martyred John. Why? Not because he stole something. Uh, not because he killed anybody. Uh, but because he preached the Word of God. And I will remind you, even around this world today, it may not be happening in America, but we have brothers and sisters in the Lord uh, that are dying for their faith because they believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are preachers of the Gospel tonight uh, in foreign lands where the Gospel is not permitted that have literally had their had, had been beheaded in front of their congregations and in front of their families for preaching the Word of God. And so John is not well liked and he's not well received by everybody. In fact, you still preach John's message. You preach like John. Uh, you won't be well received even in some churches. They may not cut your head off, uh, but they'll certainly get that tongue after you. Amen. But why did Jesus get baptized? I believe Jesus showing up at John's baptism and submitting himself to John's baptism was Jesus putting his approval on John the Baptist this ministry. Can you imagine John's preaching that day and he's got that crowd over there. They're not liking what he's saying. He's got a few that are responding to what he's saying. No doubt, I mean, every preacher goes through it and I'm not griping or complaining tonight, but if you only knew what went on in the mind of a preacher after a Sunday's day, he'll lay in the bed at night trying to say, man, did I say it right? I could have said it better. I wonder if they got mad at this. It runs through your mind. And John, no doubt, he was a man of like passions. He was just like we were. But I'm going to tell you what helped John that day. John's a preaching. They may not like what he's saying, but he looks out at his audience and he sees the Son of God coming forward to submit himself for baptism. Here's what Jesus was saying about John. He said, I approve of John's ministry. I like what you're doing, John. I approve of what you're doing. Hey, I'm not being uh, arrogant or cocky tonight, uh, but I don't. It gets to you got to get to a point in your life where you don't care what everybody else thinks, as long as you are pleasing the Lord, as long as you're pleasing God, as long as you are living in obedience to this book, and God approves. You ain't got to be a preacher tonight for this. As long as God approves of what you're doing, that's all that matters at the end of the day. He's saying, John, I approve of your ministry. I like what you're doing. But then he said that Jesus showing up at John's baptism, Jesus said, John, I approve of your, not only your ministry, I approve of your message. What was John preaching? He was preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was preaching repent. Oh, you ought to get right with God and turn from your sin and turn to the Messiah. Oh, turn to Jesus. You know what Jesus said? He said, John, I approve of your ministry. 
I like what you're doing. But then I approve of your message. I like what you're saying. Amen. I like what you're declaring. Hey, by the way, there's nothing more I desire in my life and in my ministry other than the Lord to be pleased with what I'm doing and what I'm saying. And I've come down to this conclusion. If I'll preach this book and declare the word of the Lord, if I'll just say what he said, that he will approve of my message. He said, John, I approve of your ministry. I approve of your message. He said, I approve of what you're doing. I approve of what you're saying. But then I like this. He approved of John's method. He said, I like how you're doing it. He said, I like what you're doing. I like what you're saying. And I like how you are doing it. It is a, it, it, can you imagine it? And by the way, this baptism was a public, as I said, it was a public identification. The Lord ain't got no secret saints. He ain't got no undercover I'm an undercover Christian. Don't tell nobody, brother. I mean, no, he ain't got none of that. He wants that public identification that I identify. Paul put it like this. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. He said, John, I approve of you. Can you imagine what that done in John's heart? I mean, here's John. I mean, it don't matter. Can I let you in on a preacher got up Monday night when I got done preaching? And he said, I'm always amazed at what comes out of the mind of Josh Montgomery. I didn't know what to think of that. I think he was a compliment, amen, because he backed it up with something nice. But my mind does work different sometimes. I'm just glad it works. You know, somebody said, my mind was, my mind, you know, has wandered off. Yeah, my mind's wandered off and ain't coming back. But I I, I think about this. You know, you can have, and I've had this before, you can have a congregation where everybody likes you and likes what you're doing and likes what you're saying, but there'll be one that don't. You know what you do as a preacher? You focus on that one don't like you. You focus on that one ain't like what you're saying. It don't matter if you're a pastor. It don't matter even if you're just a, a layman in the church. You'll find out one. Everybody else can love you. you got one person got a problem with you, and that's that one person infiltrates your mind. Can you imagine what that done to John, though, when Jesus walked up and said, John, I like what you're doing, buddy. I like what you're saying. I like how you're doing it, and I'm not ashamed to identify with you, John. Why did Jesus get baptized? To, to inspire his servants. His servant. But then number two, I believe the second reason that Jesus got baptized was to identify with sinners. To identify with sinners. Now watch this. First of all, in in our text tonight, there are the sinners confessing. Verse 5 and 6, Then it went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. There's this crowd that's heard John's message. They've heard John's preaching. God's touched their heart. They realize, I'm tired of living my life like this. Oh, aren't you glad for the day when you got tired and got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired? You say, I'm tired of living my life this way. I don't need to reform. I need to get reborn. Amen. A lot of people are trying to reform, and they just need to get reborn. They need to get born again. Amen. And and these people, they responded, and they turned from their sin, confessing their sins. And they they, they said, John, we want to identify with the Lord on your baptism. You know, a lot of people, uh, we have a lot of people in church been baptized, they've never been born again. I want to emphasize it again. This is, this is nothing more than a glorified bathtub or pool. 
There ain't nothing sanctimonious about this. The water that comes out of that spigot is the same water that fills up that commode back there. So it ain't holy water. Now, none of y'all, it's sanitized. It's clean water. It's not water that's been used, okay? Some of y'all are going, ooh. It's not holy water. We didn't dump we didn't dump holy water and whole and oil in there and make it no, it's just water, okay? But there's a lot of people think that that bath that, that baptist that bathtub can save them. Well, I got baptized in a creek. I don't care if you got baptized in a creek, a river, or a baptistry. If you ain't been born again, you ain't going to heaven when you die. The sinner's confession. Then notice the Savior's coming. Verse thirteen. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized. Now, I love this now. When sinners got honest, Jesus showed up. When they started confessing their sin and wanting to identify with, with the Lord, they didn't know it was Jesus yet. They were doing it by faith. Jesus showed up. You know, Jesus would show up when we get honest. When we get honest, say, you know what, I, I'm just, I'm really in bad shape. I need some help. I am not right. You know, they're doing all that in verse, verse 11, verse 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and verse 13, Jesus shows up. He, 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 had, he has a habit of doing that. When somebody is wanting to know him, he has a habit of showing up. When somebody's seeking him, he has a habit of seeking them. Somebody said, well, I'm glad I found the Lord. I don't get mad at that. Somebody said, well, the Lord found me. I don't get mad at that because you found what you was looking for when the Lord found you. Amen. And and I know people say, well, you didn't find the Lord. He wasn't lost. I understand what you're saying. But you did discover your need for Him. You did discover your life was empty and hopeless without Him. And when you realize that happy day, happy day, when Jesus showed up in your life, there is the sinner's confession. There is the Savior's coming. But I love this in verse 13. There is the sinless Christ. Now in verse 5 and 6, they come confessing their sin. But when Jesus comes, he ain't confessing. He's, he, he is lined up. They are lined up. I mean, you've seen them old pictures, them old meetings. And when they have a big revival meeting, they line up on the river to get baptized. All them people that trust, they line up on the river. What, what, what did Jesus do? He just got in line with them. And so here steps forward this man, and he says, I'm a thief. I've robbed people. I've not been honest. But today, I'm repenting of my sin, and I'm trusting in the God of Israel. And he gets baptized. A woman steps forward and says, I've been a harlot. I've lived a wicked life. But John, I heard John's preaching about one's coming, and I repent of that, and I'm trusting in God. Another man steps forward and said, I, I have a horrible temper and anger. and I have malice and anger in my heart. And I'm repenting of that. And then Jesus steps up. He ain't got nothing to say. You know why? He ain't never done nothing wrong. He has no sin to confess. But you know what he did? All that sin they confessed, he became that sin. Here's what Paul said. For he, that's God the Father, hath made him, that's God the Son, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Thank God he had no sin to confess because there is no sin that he had committed. Somebody said, and Lord willing, if the Lord, Lord, if the Lord don't come, the Lord don't change our mind. Matthew, the Lord willing, will be Matthew four Sunday morning with the temptation of Jesus. He could not have yielded that temptation. If he could have, that means he could have sinned. 
And we believe in the in the immu- I can't say the word. It, it means he can't sin. It's a big old two. You can't say it either, so don't laugh at me. But we believe he could not have sinned. We believe he did not sin. He had no ability. Just like you taking a magnet and running over a pile of toothpicks, they ain't going to move. You know why? Because there ain't nothing in them toothpicks that's going to hook up with that magnet. But you take that same magnet and you run it over some straight pins, it's going to respond. Why? Because what's in them straight pins, what's in them magnets. You know why Jesus didn't yield that? I'm getting ahead of Sunday morning sermon now. Uh, but you know why Jesus, you get a little foretaste of glory divine. You know why Jesus did not respond to that temptation? Because there wasn't nothing in him that could respond to it. He was sinless. He is sinless. He does nothing wrong. As for God, his way is perfect. Why did Jesus get baptized? To inspire his servant. He wanted to go encourage his preacher. You keep on preaching, John. I like what you're doing. I like what you're saying. And I like how you're doing it. He done it to identify with the sinners. Why is he getting baptized? Why is he getting put in them death waters? Because he won't identify with them. You, now, you don't miss that. I, I'm, I'm hurrying tonight. I got a longer drive than anybody. But you think about the fact, in our human nature, the way we are, there's some people we don't want to be, be around. It's just who we are. It don't matter who you are. What about, everybody's got some kind of standard. You just kind of step back. Maybe they, maybe they smell bad. Maybe they look bad. Maybe they are in things that you say, oh, I, I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be identified with that. But aren't you glad Jesus, he just walked there and got in the middle of it. And the, and the only way they could tell something was different about him is when he got up and had nothing to confess. Why did Jesus get baptized? To inspire his servant to identify with sinners. But here's the, last, here's the last reason I believe Jesus got baptized tonight. To illustrate the old story. He is going to illustrate what he is about to do. Watch this. I know the specific place. He went to Jordan. Now the gospel is in this right here. The first place Jesus went he went to a place called Jordan. If you look up the word Jordan in a Greek lexicon, it means descender. Well, you didn't get it. The first part of the gospel is he had to come down. And watch, watch your Bible now. Watch your Bible. Verse number 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized of him. He's leaving his home and he's coming down to where they're at. And he just didn't stop at the edge of Jordan. He waded off in it. Now, can you imagine that Jordan River? That Jordan River's had a lot of activity. One day, all these Jews show up in Joshua chapter 3. And, these, and, and the priest steps in the water. When that priest steps in the water, Jordan begins to roll back. Can you imagine that Jordan River when Jesus stepped in? And they said, Lord, are we fixing to roll back again? The last priest that stepped in this water, we rolled back. Oh, that blessed me. I don't know if it blessed you. But the last priest that had stepped in that water, Jordan rolled back. I wonder if Jordan thought, I wonder if we're fixing to do this again. In fact, the last prophet that had stepped in Jordan's name was Elijah. And it rolled back again. So here comes a, here comes a priest and a prophet's already parted Jordan. But you know what? Jordan never had part its waters was a king. And here comes Jesus, he's prophet, priest, and king. I bet Jordan had a fit, thought, we're fixing to split again. So the first part of the gospel 
as he descended. Not only the specific place, but then I want you to know, I thought you would enjoy that a little more. I enjoyed it for you, all right? But not only the special place, the specific place, but then the special purpose. Verse 14. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? That ever dawned on you? John was the Baptist and the baptizer, but never got baptized. I always want to see that first guy. All right, come here. We're going to baptize you. You're going, what? I'm going to stick you up under this water. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, nobody had ever done it before. And John said, Jesus, if anybody needs to be baptized between us, you need to baptize me. Now watch verse 15. Jesus answered, now John's not arguing with the Lord. I, I, John's being humble. He is, John's done saying, I'm not worthy to unlatch your shoes, much less baptize you. Here's what Jesus said to him. Suffer it now to be so. For this it becometh to fulfill all righteousness. He said, John, this is the will of God. I don't have to do this. Don't miss it now. I don't have to do this, but I'm going to do this. I always do those things that please the Father. I want to remind you, he didn't have to come down and save us, but he wanted to. He said, John, I don't have to, but I'm going to. Aren't you glad God don't do it because he has to? He does it because he wants to. He didn't die on the cross because he had to. He died on the cross because he wanted to. Because he loved you and because he loved me. Then there is the story pictured. Verse, watch it now. When Jesus was baptized, it pictures the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come here, Daxon. Here's that, here's that baptism. He, come here. I heard that. We're going we're gonna to show them how it's done, boys. Step up on that pew. We ain't going to turn the water on, though. So here's, here's that picture illustrated. John grabs him. That's a picture of death. He takes him down under that water. I got you. That picture's the burial. And then he raises up again. That picture's the resurrection. And it's in three parts, which pictures that three days. John, I don't know if John got it all. But can you see John standing in that water and he grabs hold of Jesus and picturing what death would do? He lays him down in that grave, but he didn't stay there, but he got out again. Hey, man, that's right. That picture is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was that story that was pictured tonight. So there is that story pictured. And then... There's the Savior's prayer. In Luke chapter 3, Luke is the only one. But Matthew Tucker pointed this out to me at lunch yesterday. In Luke's account, the Bible said in verse 21, Luke chapter 3, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, and the heaven was opened. He was praying, Brother Richie, when he got baptized, but we don't know what he prayed. So here's the application I get from that tonight. If the sinless Son of God thought it was important to pray, how much more to you and I is it important to pray? And you know what happened when he prayed? The heavens opened. I think prayer is what opened the heavens. I still believe prayer opens the heavens. And here's the last thing, the stirring product. Verse 16, I love this now. And Jesus, when he was baptized... Oh, don't miss it. When he's, when he's taken under, watch what happened. He went up straightway out of the water. 
He got up. That's what he's going to do in just three and a half years. Yeah, he's going to be laid down. And when you lay him under that water, you, you can't see him. Oh, but just give him a minute. He went straight up out of the water. Now, I saw this, I saw this last Friday, and it stirred me. Two things happened when Jesus come up out of that water that also happened at Calvary and at the resurrection. Let me give them to you quickly. I'm going. First of all, the sovereign was satisfied. Verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Well, you know what happened when Jesus died and rose again and put His blood on that mercy seat in heaven? God's wrath, God's judgment, God was vindicated, God was satisfied, and He never needs another sacrifice again. Why? Because Jesus was enough. But I almost missed this one. You know what else happened after Jesus was baptized? You know what else was happened after Jesus was raised up out of that water? You know what else happened after Jesus died and rose again? Nor was the sovereign satisfied, but the Spirit was sent. After he come out in death waters, God had been silent for 400 years. And one old preacher said he had about all he could stand. He ripped the heavens open, sent the Holy Ghost down on a dove, and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. You know what he said? He said, that's my boy. And I'm pleased with him. But then that spirit was sent. I said, preacher, how is that pictured in the gospel message? Well, it's 40 days after the resurrection. Jesus done went to heaven. He said, yeah, I want you all to go to the upper room. I want you to wait for the promise of the Spirit. And they were up there in that upper room, about 120. They were in the upper chamber. They were all in one accord. When the Holy Ghost ascended, I was promised by the Lord. The Spirit was sent and no longer just dwelt on the man. That dove landed on Jesus. All but in that church age, the Spirit of God now indwells. My body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost. Why did Jesus get baptized? Why was that so important? I'll tell you why, to inspire his servant. Sometimes Jesus will do things he don't have to do just to encourage you. How many times has God done something he didn't have to do, but he done it just to help you out, just to encourage you, just, just to bless you, just, just, to, just, just to be good to you? And then he done it to identify with sinners, to show them, I'm here for y'all. And he done it to illustrate his sacrifice. Here's what I'm going to do. Everybody got baptized. I believe if you're saved, you ought to get baptized. But I believe you've got to be saved first. I believe you've got to be born again. Saved by the grace of God. Let's stand together, Brother Matthew. You come to the piano. I want you to play a verse of invitation. I don't feel led to just let you play. Maybe somebody needs to come pray tonight. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, salvation, salvation is not joining a church. I hope you've picked up on what I'm saying. Salvation ain't getting dunked in a baptistry. Salvation ain't getting sprinkled. I'm not being critical. I'm not being disrespectful. But salvation is repenting. Repenting means turning from your sin, turning what you're holding, and turning to Jesus. And putting your faith and trust in Him. That's what salvation is tonight. If you need to come pray, these altars are heads bowed, eyes closed. No one looking around. Let's be respectful of those that need to come pray.